batten down your bloody hatches, internet. It's time for the Real Boys Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Nelson. And welcome to our weekly rendition of Real Boys, Real Bad Films? A question mark? The show where we look at some of the most shittiest and shunted media from all the franchises you know and love. Or may not know. And may not love, Michael. Probably the case in this situation, Nelson, this uh, week. Uh, that's how I felt about the movie this week. Now, he, we here at The Real Boys Podcast, mm-hmm. we're all about sharing the load. And that's not to say that we're mutually masturbating. That's to say <laughs> that we're about equality and making sure that both me and Michael are pulling our weight while we pull together this podcast and pull each other up. Together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, see, mm. let's see. Took a bit of a hook. Yeah. So, Michael, you've done all the research, you've done all the work this week. I am going to take a back seat as an observer this week. I've got a couple of things to say, but for the most part, you're going to keep us on track. Michael. I love it. What film are we looking at this week? All right, Nelson, I'm really excited to bring you this week's film. It is Troll 2 from 1990. Troll 2? Mm-hmm. The American-Italian what? horror film. Okay. Um, essentially, it was a film that was produced in America by an Italian director and writer. Right, so made in America. Because I was curious about that. I wasn't sure that this was a film that was actively made in America. I thought it just had American actors in it. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. It was definitely made in America. And the actors, many of the actors were very local actors as well. So we'll go into the details, the basics. Budget of $200,000. So wow, that is low. I, I mean, with that, yeah. I, I should say that I'm not surprised because <laughs> this definitely looks like a $200,000 budgeted film. Yes, I know what you mean, Nelson. It's a low budget. While it's not unexpected, it does help to ease the pain that I think we experienced as we watched this film. Because you can have a lot of these films that look like they're $200,000, but you realise the budget was $10 million to get the same result. So well, I think it's in its favour that it was only a $200,000 film. You think it's in its favour that it was only a $200,000 film? Yeah, because I think when you look at that budget, you can say, you know what? They did all right, considering. Yeah, all right, considering, I suppose, is how I would probably describe yeah. this film. I think I think you're putting a little bit of a bad light. It's actually, a, you know, a critically panned movie. Yes, but correct. Definitely has a really powerful cult following. Let's talk box office numbers, Nelson. Yeah, Troll okay. Did, so, 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 can I just start off? Mm-hmm. Did this play in cinemas, or was it, this a straight to DVD situation? So it was going to play in cinemas. The production studio realized that would not fly. Okay. So it did not. When I was looking through the numbers, one interesting thing. Apparently, did a weekend in one Australian cinema I couldn't track down. Really, five hundred twenty-seven dollars in its opening weekend. And what film? What what year was this released? Nineteen ninety. So this played in an Australian theater in nineteen ninety. The only traceable record that I can find, and I think it's shoddy at best. But I like the idea that one Australian cinema, probably one of those, what the Lido. <laughs> I think I think you're thinking too much. Uh, if you if you think it was in a, in a Melbourne theater, I'm thinking this was in a rural theatre that mm-hmm. was very run down and broken and hadn't been refurbished since let's say the <laughs> 70s cousin of the director got a good copy yeah yeah exactly. i think you're probably right uh it's I the think only it- way it's slipping through the cracks into modern media oh sorry sorry mainstream media yes very true i think especially once you see it that's very clear and i think i feel like obviously there's no no return one from the box office but this movie has definitely no return up. Zero return, when you think about it, because it didn't actually release box office. Ah, got you. Mm -hmm. I've seen the most famous scene, I think, which is, they're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. Oh, Oh my God. God. Uh, So, Uh (laughs) that's 
what I'm coming into this film with. That's the amount of knowledge and context I have for Troll 2. Yes. And I think that's all you need to be at the end of the day, Nelson, because... I, if anything, I wish I had less. Yes. I think any subsequent watch after that one scene, it probably is diminishing returns, I'm not going to lie. But I'm, I'm going to say I'm on the side of this movie. I, I feel like it's got a, a warm place in my heart, Nelson. I think let's go into the cast. Let's have a look at the stars of this film, Nelson. Um, really interesting bunch of people. So you've got George Hardy, who's playing Michael Waits, the father of a 1980s idyllic family. Yep, yeah, classic nuclear family. We've got a mother, a father, a son, and a daughter, all obviously white and straight. A hundred percent. And running down that order, Margot Prey plays the mother, Diana Waits. We've got Michael Stevenson in the star role as Joshua Waits, a very small, bright, bubbly-eyed child. And we've got Connie Young, Holly Waits, the daughter. Yeah, and I want to talk in depth uh, specifically about the children, Joshua and mm-hmm. Holly. Uh, there's some interesting stuff for both of them throughout this film. I agree. So, Michael, uh, usually when we do the cast, we'll talk about alternate films that these these people have been in. These actors so have been in, perfect. What, what's, what's, some of the, what's some of the back catalogue? So, I think that's perfect. And I think that's a really good sign of how good quality this film is. Yeah. Each and every single one of the starring cast of this film are no names. They had never appeared in anything prior to this movie. As they actually cast for this movie, they were very hopeful to become extras and were delighted to find out that each and every one of them had been cast in the starring roles. You're kidding me. So they auditioned as extras and then they had Mm -hmm. so few people actually apply for it that the extras just got booted up to the lead roles. Well, you'd think that, but I think it's just poor decisions. George Hardy is a great example, the father. He looks the part. I think one thing that I love about this film is that when you look at the cast, when you look at the family, you even look at the house that they live in. Yeah. One thing that you notice is they look the part. They... If I saw screenshots of this film without watching it, the first few scenes, I would think it'd be any 1980s movie. But when it comes to looking the part, I think that's the only place the director was looking for. So, George Hardy's a great example. He beat out 100 people to get that role. What? Yes. And when you see him, he's a very charismatic guy in real life. And I think this is why, Nelson, you'll see that the looks is probably the only thing about this cast they got right. The director and the writer of this film could only really speak Italian at the time and had very poor English during production. (laughs) So they didn't have any translators on set. They didn't have anyone there to interpret. Almost all of the production crew were Italian speakers. And there was a raft of production issues based on this. It's, we're going to keep going on this. Not surprised. Moment after moment after moment. But I think it explains a lot why, really... You've got the perfect nuclear family if you didn't speak English. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yes. Um, so the father, as you've mentioned, uh, is apparently a charismatic person in real life, but you wouldn't guess mm-hmm. that based on your watch from the fucking film because he is dry as fuck. His lines yes. come out like they're coming out of a cardboard friggin' box. 100%. It sounds like a robot has had here. to spit them from a different language Listen into here, English. Joshua. You have to behave yourself. <laughs> now go to bed. That's the kind of uh, energy he brings to this role. But it seems like in this film you have a very strict dichotomy between what I'm going to call two subgroups of acting, right? Yes, Which let's is go into it. Confused, not energetic, 
probably have realised what a disaster it is yes. and completely disenfranchised. So you've got uh-huh. half of the cast is just acting like cardboard. There is no juice or or variance to their line delivery. It is just mm. flat, 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 flat. Yes. Then in contrast, you've got the other half of the cast mm. just chewing this not not even chewing the scenery they are devouring the fucking scenery Mm -hmm. just chewing the walls completely over the top uh very very that half of the cast very focused on using their eyes way too much and moving their faces so weirdly it's like did you ever see the initial release footage of mass effect andromeda and the character yes. facial animations. Yes. The Just extreme the eyes half of the everywhere. cast, they, they look like that. Their expressions yeah. change moment to moment, second to second, and they are just so over the top. Mm. And I think in a way that's the benefit of playing a villain in a trash movie because I think all of those people you're mentioning are a really good example of that being Deborah Reed who played Credence Lenore Gelgood, the yeah. Queen of Goblins. Just chewing every piece of scenery, sometimes not even in her scenes at certain points. Well, and she's mostly got the uh, Mass Effect Andromeda face. Yes. uh, More than any of the other actors. But I think when you have to play a white suburban American family from the 80s, you don't have that luxury of going that deep into the role. And and having that kind of scenery chew, they have to be the standard, the normaliser for the cast. All right, Nelson, we've covered the main cast. I think, how about... I'd love to see if you can tell me what do you think this movie was all about? What do I think it was all about? Give us a rundown. I'm intrigued. Basically, our story opens on a classic all-Italian, (laughs) all-American family. Sorry. Hard to tell. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. Uh, Viewably, uh, visually American family. Yes. Uh, They're from the town of Nashton, I believe it's called. I believe so, yes. Uh, And basically, they're about to go on exchange to a little town called Nilbog. Mm. And Nilbog is a small country town, Michael. Nilbog. N-I-L-B-O-G. Mm. Um, which brings us to our new segment, given it's a small town. Oh. Talking about pop, 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 ulation. It's 26. Oh, it's 26 this yeah. time. So we've got seven up from our previous Pleasantville in Tremors. Oh, yes. Yes, seven more from the previous population We're of making 19. progress. Because incidentally, uh, populations of small fictional towns has become an integral part of this podcast. I mean, in a way, it works for poorly based monsters because at the end of the day when you ask too many questions about why has no one paid attention to this in the past yeah no one left alive to worry about it yeah yeah why didn't they call the cops well uh, they 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 explain that actually one of the few things they explain in this film um albeit a little vaguely if anything they explained it quite well there was no exposition it was just clearly within the plot and the actions yeah no you're absolutely right well foreshadowed Mm. uh But it's not quite that simple, Michael. So they're not just going on exchange. We open the film with Grandpa Seth. Yes. Rocking aggressively in a rocking chair. 100%. And reading the young boy of the family, or his grandson, Joshua. He's a a real scenery chewer, Robert Ormsby. I actually really liked his uh, performance in a movie like this. I thought he did. I thought he did all right. There's uh, some confusing camera angles, which I'll talk about in a minute. (laughs) Yes. But 
He's telling Joshua, the son, a story about uh, an old story about a village dandy who got lost in a forest. Just a real fucking dandy, a little, wasn't he? Just <laughs> skipping through the forest, real uh, Pied Piper, Peter Pan type. 100%. Just, he stole the tights from a different movie because they had no idea what budget they were going to use for the costume. Skipping around the town. Oh, good day to you, sir. <laughs> Would you like a berry from my berry cart? Would you like me to play with the flute? Don't worry about the rats. I'm giving out free kisses today, <laughs> madame. <laughs> My lady. Uh, so he's skipping through the forest. I'm not sure how he got to the forest, but I assume, given how infuriating and dumb he is, he's been mm. booted out of his village. That's a very common theme of this movie. People being in a forest for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And, and long extended shots of them walking, skipping, or running through said forest. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of shots in this film that just... Stay for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Not long enough, some might say. Uh, I would say everything in this film, including the full length of it, is too long. Mm, so little Joshua was getting told this story about this modern da- dandy skipping through the forest, and he comes mm-hmm. across uh, an odd group of creatures. He does. Trolls. Trolls. Except they're not trolls, because Grandpa Seth, uh, on a cut, as they cut back to Grandpa Seth, real close shot in on his lips. Mm. And he's kind of, the way he's telling the story sounds very foreboding. It does. But it's got this like light prancy music. Yeah. Tonally, it's a fucking mess from the get-go. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, so we get a real close-up shot on Grandpa Seth's lips and he says, they were goblins. Goblins. Which leads me to my first question that I'm really hoping you can answer, Michael. Oh, I might be able to. The fuck... Is this film called Troll 2 if -hmm. it's about goblins? Yeah, perfect. So when I went into this, I was thinking the director was insane and the writer was insane. Without a shadow of a doubt. In their defense, this film was originally filmed to be called Goblins. However, the production company, Epic Productions, who was distributing it in America, Mm. decided there's no way a movie like this could stand on its own two legs. So they took a slightly successful movie from 1986 no. called Troll. No. And they tacked on that too. No. That's exactly how this movie really? came to be Troll 2. It's the, it's, the, it's the Mario Brothers 2 of the film world. Yes. What? <laughs> That's insane. So, okay, was there any adaptations to the script to make it fit from oh, a through-line no. perspective? They were done dealing with this director by the time they made this decision. Do the goblins look... Like that's fascinating. They the do look very similar. And right. I'm not sure if that was a deliberate choice or if that was, was a lucky coincidence. I reckon that was a lucky mm. coincidence off the back. Somebody was like, I saw this really shitty movie that did okay called Troll. Yes. These things kind of look like that. Let's just whack it in. Whack yeah. it in. Make this marketable. Sell it in one cinema in Australia. Mm. And that's exactly why it was called Troll 2. Funnily enough, I wasn't certain the director knew this happened based on their level of English, because there are some questions. Why are there no trolls in Troll 2? Yeah, that's that the big he one. was very confused about. <laughs> <laughs> in the Q&A after the premiere, they're like, so why are, why are they called goblins if it's called Trolls 2? Yes. And he's like, okay. He <laughs> well, this was actually a far bit later for the um, documentary that we may talk about a little bit. Uh, 2009's The Best Worst Movie Ever. Wow, okay. Actually directed by Michael Stevenson, young Joshua Waits, the small little boy. Really? Yes. Really c- c- cashing in on that 20-year-old cash cow. Yes, well, he's actually gone on to direct a couple of other things, funnily enough. So he's gone into directing, hiding behind the scenes. I think that's probably wise. It's a good choice. He actually made a 2017 Netflix show called Girlfriend's Day. 
there you go. Yeah, so he's doing okay considering okay. that. Start. I can't say I've ever seen Girlfriend's Day. Nor will we. It looks trash, but okay, hey. <laughs> if, you, if you can direct and you get that N logo next to that, that screen cap, I think you win. Was it also distributed by Epic? <laughs> I don't think he's kept his ties with Epic Productions. I can't imagine why. They've done <laughs> so much for his career and acting ability. Joshua yes. is the most indecisive and apathetic kid I've ever seen in a film. Yes. Uh, yes. So, look, I'm skipping ahead. Um, turns out Grandpa Seth, after he's told him this story about goblins, is dead. Dead. He's a fucking ghost. He turns back to talk to the chair when mum comes in. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's just an empty rocking chair. But the rocking chair is still rocking. Yes. Mother doesn't ask any questions. Funnily enough, the mother does ask questions after this scene yeah. of the father. Yeah. After this interaction where her dead father, Grandpa Seth, yes. is telling her so son... So it's, it's the mother's father that, mother's that father. young Joshua mm-hmm. is seeing. So her dead father is telling her son a story about goblins. Yep. She comes out, sits down with her husband... A scene that we can chew about a little bit later, I'm confident. Yeah. But she directly asks him, who are the goblins? One, he's got no idea. Yeah. Two, it's your dad who was talking about it, so what law does he have to explain to you? Yep. So appropriately, his response is, the goblins? Yeah. Uh, accurate. <laughs> accurate. Who are the goblins? All right, Nelson, we're, we're chewing this scene a little too much. We've got time for that later. Let's keep kicking on with the plot. Yeah, and to be fair, these are two of the actors who do not chew the scenery. They are two of the most cardboard mm, in the film. A hundred percent. But in their defense, they shouldn't have been cast. No. It's the director's fault. No, no, no. In their defense, this shouldn't have been made. It is the director's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I still disagree. I'm very happy that we got to experience this. So with that in mind, mm. uh, the grandfather's dead. That's established. Joshua keeps hearing about goblins. And they're off uh, on a journey to go to Nilbog. Nilbog. But before they do, I just want to quickly touch on a Please. scene between the daughter, Holly, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend Elliot he's not her beau he's, he's not her, her boyfriend beau. he's her boyfriend she yes. does establish that to the father <laughs> he's not my beau he is my boyfriend and I love him very much and he loves me that's the kind of quality of dialogue that you're seeing through this film have you ever seen um Titanic 2 no I didn't I'm, know that was a thing I've got cruise a, control I believe I've got a <laughs> 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 yeah uh, it's, it's all they needed to avoid that <laughs> Uh, I have a suspicion the dialogue in that it, that was a, an Italian director as well the dialogue in that film is incredibly stilted and, yes. and weird I f- suspect it may be the same maker no probably yeah. not yeah, to be honest because this guy only ever does bad horrors I've seen him he's actually pretty active he's done about 25 movies he's got another one coming out next year wow he's still active now he's a classic B horror movie director though so what's his name? nothing flashy his name is Claudio Fragrasso. Fragrasso? I believe so. You want to chuck that into Google Translate, click the little audio button so we can pronounce it correctly? I'll do that in editing. Excellent. Sounds good. Editor? Whack that in. Claudio Fragrasso? A Claudio Fragrasso. So, um, what actually happened? It's, I'm glad that you talked about the dialogue. So, Claudio and his wife were the co-writers of this film. Rosella Druidi yep. is the wife's name. Love a bit of nepotism. And... Claudio, he's a bit of an egomaniac. They got him back to discuss the film and the creation of it. He 
went to America and he's so confident. He's literally said, quoting, I, I, I've gone to America. Yeah. I watch the people. I understand Americans better than Americans. Does he? That's 100% to this day As what he still believes. By Troll 2. Did yes. he not watch his own fucking film? He did and he loves it. He How thinks he did a great wound job. Up in, so this is a real Tommy Wiseau character in the film industry because yes. not, it's not like Tromo where they're making no. B and C films and they know they're making B and C films but they're leading into it excellently. Mm-hmm. This is just plausible deniability. 100%. Uh, I'll give you a quote when he was asked about this movie, told it was a bad movie. He said, quote, I don't make movies to be praised by critics. I've made a film that examines many serious and important issues, like Mm. eating, living, and Mm. dying. Mm. It's an important film, which talks about family and the union of family resisting all of those things that want to destroy it and see it dead. People want to eat this family. In Italy, we call this a parable, Nelson. (laughs) What? (laughs) He was talking to you through the documentary. Yeah, perfect. When we get to the ending, that's all contradicted. Like the value of family mm-hmm. all falls apart right in the end scene. I'm uh-huh. not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it right now, but Yes. This guy's a fucking maniac. So the dialogue. Yeah. The director and writers of this, very poor English, mm-hmm. spoke Italian. Mm-hmm. They actually Which is wrote, fine if yes. you're writing an Italian film. By all means. And even if you're willing to get a translator to help guide your script writing after Except the process. That your English may not be the strongest English. Yes. And that's the most beautiful thing because the dialogue was written, the actors were forced to read it verbatim by the director. Of course. You a can really, tell. A really great example is the scene that you're referring, I, I believe you're about to talk about. Yeah. Where the daughter and her beau Elliot. Yeah. It's actually one that the actors weren't comfortable to re- film. Oh, I, I can't imagine why because it really paints the daughter as a level-headed and healthy human being and, and their relationship as a really healthy, um, upstanding relationship. Great par- parable for, for young love. 100%. Run, run, run down the scene for us, Nelson. Yeah. Let's, let's go through a bit of it. Great. So I think, does this, is this the scene that starts with her dancing in the mirror or is that later on? She's a hundred, she does it a lot, but yeah. this is one of them. It's, you know, it's, it's the end of the 80s, turn Wait, of the Wait, no, 90s. I'm wrong. This is the scene where she is working out. Yes, she's doing press ups. She's got she's doing press ups. She's got a her, her her weightlifting set in the middle of her bedroom, which is right yes. on turn of the turn of the century nineties. That's not turn of the century. Turn, turn of the of century nineties, baby. Turn, turn, turn of, of the nineties, late eighties. Yes. Uh, and in through the window, ladder uh, crawls up. Well, first of all, Joshua was in his room. Yes. And a grown um, or teenage boy starts peeping mm. on him. Uh, concerning, but it turns out he's actually selected the wrong window. It was by choice. Was it by choice? He, he was, was spooketing actively him. Actively trying to scare the child. 100%. He's he a bad Walks into dude. his room. It's real, real gross. Uh, moves over and uh, like a real horn dog. Yeah. Uh, goes up to Come the daughter's theme room. in these movies. Peeks into the room. The daughter's got her headphones in doing, um, what are they called? Bench lifts? Push-ups. Bench press? No, sorry. Bench presses, Bench yes. press. Uh, opens <laughs> we're a eyes. bunch of active boys who yeah. love sport. Oh, we do it all the time. <laughs> I'll be kicking those baskets right through those hoops. I've been swelling them hoopies up all day. Oh, I play a little bit of Kringo on the weekends, actually. Mate, I saw you do a couple of them donks, and I was very impregnant. Mm, yeah. So he's above her, uh, which is dangerous because he's scaring her. She's holding heavy weight, uh, heavy weight set. Supposedly. And if she got a, sh- a shock, potentially could have dropped it on herself, but she uh, gets a little shock, goes... Yet, <laughs> and then gets up, and then what uh, ensues is 
what I can only explain as an abusive bipolar relationship. Yeah, and also reasonably bigoted from both parties. Yeah, they're both weird and creepy to each other and it's very uncomfortable. So she wants him to come on the trip to Nilbog with the family. Because that's going to fix the relationship. That's right. That's going to fix their relationship. But he's not allowed to bring his friends. Lo and behold, who peeks their heads through the window? His three friends. Who he doesn't hang around with much at all. No, that's what he says, but they're immediately there. (laughs) Classic (laughs) joke. Now, I didn't bother to look up the names of the friends because they're disposable and I didn't think they were worth looking up the names. So, henceforth, I'll be referring to them as Glasses, Yellow Shirt and Boner. That works perfectly for me. I've got their names, but... There's no reason to replace that. Excellent. So after Holly goes on a tirade about how much she loves Elliot and wants him to come, you must come on this trip with my family because I love you deeply and I will love Mm -hmm. you forever. It is of the utmost importance. Uh, Then punches him in the fucking face. (laughs) She clocks him in the scone. Real (laughs) good clock. That's not okay. Don't hit your partner. That's so messed up. She's a strong, empowered woman from the 80s, Nelson. What do you expect? I mean, admittedly, he seems into it because they start making out pretty much immediately after he picks himself back up off the ground. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe intervene, parents? Elliot, maybe have a little bit more self-respect? That was a high-pitched scream at the start of that scene, and I was very surprised no one was coming into that door. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) she she made them know about it. Um, Holly... You're awful. She is awful, but so is Elliot. I my favorite thing is when he's, he gets punched dick. in the testicles. This Do you remember what on. he said? What did he say? He said, "Are you trying to make me a homo?" Oh <laughs> no, he does too. Yes. Oh, that doesn't even make sense. Perfect. So this is exactly the dialogue that the actors went back to the director and said, "We're uncomfortable. This is not what Americans would say in this scenario." To which the director replied. I know what is American. And it's stuck. The dialogue is as it was read. It's inarguable. <laughs> what do you say to that, right? It's like it's like a it's like if you like pick a pick, try, try and pick on a bully. Yes. Like after they've taken something, they say, "What are you going to do about it?" That's it. That's they the can't end of that take conversation because yeah. you're not going to do anything. It's a, it's a bluff. It's done. Um wow. Yeah, he he ran a he ran a firm ship with an I iron I know hand. what is American. I know what is American. Of course he does. He's lived Wait, there. <clears throat> don't do that accent. I no. know what is American. He yeah. said in an accent. Yeah, in an Italian accent. Yes. I know what is American. <laughs> Cut that. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, that was actually uh, just ladies and gentlemen, Chris Chris Pratt as Mario in the 22 (laughs) film Mario Brothers. All right, Nelson. So, um, let's move on from the scene. So, yeah, this is right before we cut to the family taking their way to Nil Bog. Yeah, so Elliot has been invited along. I'm sure he's excited to come with the family. Well, he doesn't show up. Ah. Um, and then uh, the mother, the mum, the mum. She offers uh, she offers Joshua a sandwich. A, bl- a double-decker Bologna sandwich. Yeah, so she pulls it down and then there's like a weird close-in shot of the sandwich. And then Joshua says no and she puts it away. Uh, but it seems like they focus on the sandwich a little bit too much. So let's fast forward a little bit and get them to Nilbog. What do you think of that fast-forward sound effect? Mike? I loved it. We'll keep it in exactly raw. Excellent. Let's use it in future podcasts too. <laughs> Well, you, you, you've set out the lay of the land quite well, Nelson. Um, essentially, there is this exchange which leads to 
a very small set piece that gets this family into a town full of goblins. It's yep. that simple. There's no real plot That's apart from plot. that. That's our plot. I probably should have said, family goes to a town, town's full of goblins, goblins want to eat the people. What There's next? also a ghost grandpa. That's yes. a better plot synopsis. That's pretty much as much as you need to say about this movie. So this is actually a really good time to talk about the monsters, Nelson. All of the population in this village, we don't need to spoil it the for anyone. The village of Nilbog. Yes. Goblin spelt backwards. Very intelligent. Very good. Very, very subtle p- parody on life. Mm, subtle parallel. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a commentary on society, Nelson. Yeah, there. Right. Aren't we all goblins on the inside? Aren't we? Right. And what's on the inside of this goblins? Let's have a bit of a look at the goblins. Yeah, great. So all of these villages, they're shape-shifting goblins. Any goblin can turn into a person. Yes. For whatever reason, all of them except for one has a horrible clover mole to make it very clear what they are. Yep. Leprechauns. Leprechauns. Uh, goblins. Easily. Oh, duh. Blah. Goblins, oh, of course. Close. That's what they are. That's what, that's what, that's what <laughs> clovers are from. Goblins. Fuck. Sorry. And due to your point, they could have made it far easier and clearer that almost any mythology you've heard of is based on these monsters from Nilbog. Yep. But that's not what we've got. So nope. their origins are very obscure as well. It could have played into your narrative. They're vaguely druidic creatures, which are powered by a vague druidic stone that isn't explained very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. A stone that... Uh, not only revives health, but uh, is great for costume and makeup changes as well. Very good for that. It's pretty perfect, actually. It's a very magical stone that can be harnessed by one goblin, exactly. Yep. To, to, to the defense of that, though, she's titled, she's the only one titled in the movie as the Goblin Queen. So obviously, actually, more active and more powerful well, than the other Well, they never goblin. say that in the film. There's no. just one that's a human most of the time. Who's uh, very witchy and has a lot of powers. Yeah, and eyes move in separate directions. They are autonomous eyes. She, she's doing great. They, they acted it well. Um, they're all vegetarian slash om- omnivores. They, they've got to be omnivores, right? So if w- I can talk about the motivations of the goblins for Please. a minute, right? So these... <sighs> <laughs> so their favorite food is yes. a plant-meat hybrid. Yes. Now, for my purposes, I'd just call that a burger. Sure. Uh, but for their purposes, what they do is they have a special green goo that mm-hmm. they feed to people. Sometimes a goo. They're pretty inconsistent, actually. Sometimes it's a goo. Sometimes it's just a clear green liquid. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bubbling So green long liquid. as it's green. And again, leprechauns? Maybe. Green? That, that association? Goblins green. Fuck this movie. <laughs> uh, so their whole deal is they want to make people eat this green goo, this green liquid, this green coloured food, so yes. that they turn into, it changes them, and the rules on this change from person to person, but yes. idealistically it changes them into a sludgy green human-plant hybrid, which is the goblin's favourite food. Mm. Well, there's actually, there seems to be two different varieties, actually. And I've noticed it's gender-based, funnily enough. I don't know if that was deliberate. I highly doubt it. I would question it. So the women turn into gelatinous goos. Oh. However, the men turn into tree monsters. You're absolutely right. We only ever see the women turn into the goo. Yes. I was about to question that because, yes, in some circumstances, Mm. they change into a tree human hybrid and yes. then others and that's a very slow process mm-hmm. and then other uh, in other scenarios they turn in very quickly yes. into sludgy goo that the goblins all eat and i think 
obviously the special effects in this are quite horrible. The oh, costumes yeah. are horrible. Yeah. I won't even say more than a passing sentence. The monsters themselves are goblins. They basically look I, like paper mache masks with burlap sacks. Yeah, yeah. And they're all pretty generic except for the one that sticks yes. out. My personal favourite goblin who I'm mm. calling Old Google Eyes. Old There's Google one eyes. with huge yellow eyes. Uh, looks probably the most paper mache of all Very of the masks. Very stiff face, yes. Um, and a lot of them have stiff faces, although I think some of them are a little bit more... Uh, Malleable? Atomatized. Mm. Uh, Autonomatized. Yes. Um, uh, but that was really the only one that stuck out from the group. And they're slow. They don't They don't move fast. They don't. They chase things, but it's like a little like waddle yeah, that they do. Yeah, like a little do. quick one. There's they no... don't look like they know what they want to do in any given moment. They're just a confused pack of, of just penguins just fumbling around there's a general air of indecisiveness throughout this whole film for all the characters <laughs> yes. and yeah i think you're right the goblins stand around for ages there's so many scenes where there's people like right next to them and they're like intimidating them they they want to kill them and then they just stand there and then they run away yes. and, and then the, the the protagonists run away well there might be a reason why they are very passive one important scene at the end, they one of my people. favorite scenes about the sandwiches for the night. Once the once the game has been completely Here's some up. sandwiches for the <laughs> night. One, once the family finally realizes that this clearly evil malevolent town is actually full of monsters, then the game is up and they can't really trick them into eating the food anymore, which is yep. their motivation all along. Yep. They just pop out and say, we want you to eat these sandwiches. It'll be easier than the violent way. Because in their defense, the goblins, they don't want to have to kill them violently because it makes the meat taste worse. Oh, do they explain that? They explain it. They say, we want it to be simple because if we kill you violently, Uh, the meat's going to get tainted and we'll have to boil you in vinegar for 12 hours, which we can't be fucked with. Yeah, okay. So So this whole charade needs to happen. This is all just laziness. This is all just laziness. There's no reason they couldn't be feeding this to animals. I don't think it ever specifies that mm. it needs to be human meat, does it? It seems clear to me that it must be by the actions. Well, I suppose. Yeah. I think that can be implied, Nelson. I'm more than willing to give this a... movie a couple benefits of the doubt because you've got none. Uh, righty-roo. There's not just goblins in this film, though, Michael. What? Yes, there is. No, That's all? Not. You're saying there, there's, there's more supernatural there's no elements. ghosts? There, well, <laughs> there is a ghost. So as mm. we've mentioned earlier, Grandpa Seth is a ghost. Yes. And he's the one who brings Joshua, the young boy's attention to the fact that the town of... Nilbog. Thank you very much. Is goblin spelt backwards and full of goblins. Yes. Seth is just a real piece of shit. In which way? Well, first of all, uh, I don't like Joshua because he's way too apathetic. He's always like, what do I do? He's like Ah. nine. Well, and this is what I'm getting to is that's that's the initial impression that I got. But then I thought about the situation. Grandpa Seth keeps showing Mm -hmm. up and putting all this pressure on this child to save the entire family. Mm -hmm. Now, later on in the film, we find out that Seth accidentally shows himself to... Joshua's mother. Sister. Sister, sorry. Yes. So, within the rules of this universe, the ghost can show himself to whoever the fuck he wants to, right? Yes. Then why not do it in front of the whole 
family. Um, there was this really weird exchange between Josh and Grandpa Seth about this. Yeah. Josh literally says, why don't you tell mom about it? To which Grandpa Seth replies, she never listens to me. That's why she married that good for nothing, yeah. dogging his father yeah, in front of him. to his father. That's right. Like, <laughs> his father, father seems like the best person in the movie. Shit. A little stern, but he has a lot of love for his family. Uh, and he's, he's much more forgiving of Joshua and less concerned. And even Elliot, the good for nothing boyfriend who they invite back into the family the second he does a good turn. All right, Nelson, let's cover a couple more of the more notable scenes. Yellow Shirt is headed into town to get some supplies because they didn't bring any they didn't bring any supplies they only had an hour and a half and they managed to Uh find a caravan and now they're here in Nilbog, I, I must reinforce Winnebago, Nelson. It's very Is it important. Is a Winnebago? I'm yes. so sorry. I don't drive. It's uh, a driving home. It's a driving home. It's a mobile home. Yes. Ring, ring. Uh, shame mobiles <laughs> ring, didn't ring, exist. Ring, 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 ring. Mobile, mobile in home. Yeah, they were big old bricks. Big old bricky boys. Uh, so Yellow Shirt uh, heads into the town yes. to get some food for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cop picks him up uh, yes. and uh, gives him a burger. Yeah. Yeah. And he eats... All of that burger. He hocks it down. Right? Yeah. What's going to happen to him, Nelson? Well, firstly, it's a burger that's just got green goo on the inside. Mm-hmm. So it's just two pieces of bread and green goo on the inside. Yum, I don't know yum, about yum. you, but if somebody hands me uh, a sandwich full of green goo, first question I'm probably going to ask is, what is the green goo? And then I'm probably not going to eat it because I've never seen anything that looks like that that's edible. In this kid's defense... Really good move by the goblins. One of few good moves to get the sheriff to be the person who's doing this. Because obviously a position of authority. Blue Lives Matter wasn't a problem back then. So you were trusting cops, left, yep. white, center. Especially if you're a beautiful white kid who, funnily enough, the actor being a Mormon, so he loves authority. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he feels very comfortable. <laughs> so he would have just numbed it up. I'm not going to lie. 1990s, I was a teenager. I'd eat that sandwich if a cop gave it to me. It seemed quite lovely. I would not. But it also establishes that like, if you were going to ask the question, well, why don't they call the cops? Well, the cop's just one of the bloody goblins too. Mm. All 26 of them, I believe, are goblins. The whole population. The whole population. Plus, it seems like there's a couple unaccounted for that just live in the forest. So, at least 50 goblins, I reckon. It's a weird mix. Uh, Yeah, it raises the question, which I don't think has to be answered. Do the people goblins swap in and out and become the goblins in other scenes? Or are they just completely disconnected people throughout? I don't think it needs to be answered, but I'm very curious. Because you never see a shapeshift. No. We know for a fact the Goblin Queen does shapeshift because yes. she gets caught, but anyone else, no idea. I think she's big yellow eyes too. She might be, yeah, which is good. They make the Queen be the biggest eyes. And I think that's probably a good segue for us to talk about Credence and Glasses as well. Yes, very good characters. Before that, actually, you were about to take us to what is actually my favourite character and actor in the film. Yeah. Old Don Packard, who's playing the general store owner. Yes, yes. So right? after after Yellow Shirt eats the burger, he goes yes. to the general store with just the most insane man. Really so plays insane. the part. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure that's some of the worst English. I don't know. Do you have any lines written down from that scene, Michael? Oh, uh, I do not. Uh, coffee is the devil's drink. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure is. We don't have coffee. Oh, this is one he says. Yep. We don't have mm, we don't have eggs. We're vegetarian, but we do have milk. What? Yes, eggs are vegetarian. Both wrong. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I mean, technically milk is vegetarian, so that piece is right, but eggs are also vegetarian. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't be upset with one and have the other. And Although, they're like, they're when like you look at the this cons- vegetarian train, but they're omnivores. Again, it's established that they need a mix of meat and vegetables. Look, they're just missing too many beads. We can't even analyze this. It's they a also tangled say, web. This is a paradox in and of itself. We o- could spend an hour explaining this. You're absolutely right, and and I, I won't get caught up in it. <laughs> I can see you getting wound up about <laughs> it. I'm holding my head in frustration <laughs> right now because I'm just trying to work out the logic of this illogical fucking movie. Well, how about I just take you out of that? Don't need to worry about it because I've got some really interesting facts about why that performance was so fierce and so just disorienting because yeah he's one of our big big name eyeball actors oh such good aggressive energy such good malevolence throughout Mm. funnily enough don packard wasn't cast in that role the only reason he got the role of the drugstore owner is because the originally cast actor didn't show up good just didn't show up on the day of course realized that what he was getting himself into and pulled out one of few actors in this scenario but apparently Don Packard, he actually talked about this later on. He's in a better place now and he also is very happy with how the performance has changed his life later on. He's going to be old now. He's pretty old in this film. Yeah, I think he's he's one of those young, he's old looking 50s who turned into a pretty decent looking 70. Yeah, so I gotcha. it, it worked out okay. Balanced over time. In and out of a mental hospital throughout the filming of this. Wow. Was Now smoking. I feel like a jerk. No, 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 it's okay. Smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. Just to keep himself sane. Yeah. When he first watched his performance some 18 years later. Wow. Because he was so concerned by what was happening in that time. Yeah. He looked and he said, I had no idea what I was doing the whole way through. <laughs> and when I looked at myself... That wasn't acting. That was a clearly deranged man. (laughs) (laughs) And that was what I was feeling at the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. So full full mental breakdown for this guy. Yeah. Uh, Went fully method. There's a later (laughs) scene. Because I think it was a great performance because of these difficulties, sadly, right? It uh, really stood out. Yeah. But also, there's a later scene where he's feeding young Joshua some of the goop to turn him into a tree boy. Yeah. He remembers that he hated Joshua on set. He's like, that was a little shit of a kid. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I reckon he had a real ego about being a tiny character Because this was his thing. Oh, you see headshots of him at the time. He thought he was going to make it. He was in another 1990 film I won't name because it doesn't matter. those big front tooths. Uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. He had the perfect 80s kid. He was like a little Dennis the Menace look, right? He got the freckles. Mm. Real rascal. So he remembered he hated the kid and he was tasked with being the one to force feed him. He said, I really wanted to feed that kid in that scene. And you can see the anger and the malevolence. And I think, uh, unfortunate, I'm glad he's in a better place now because he's very confident. He's very happy with the way the fans have reacted to this film. So it's not even a sad story. That better place is away from children from the sounds of it. Well... At least away from goblins yeah. <laughs> and Italian directors yeah. who are impossible to interpret yep. by any actor's admissions. So I love that. I love that actor. 100% Don Packard is my standout in this role. Yep. And I'm happy that he's feeling much better about his life. I'm glad he is too, because they're in all likelihood with how horrible this film obviously was to be on set. Oh, um, yeah. There's a good chance he may have ended up killing poor little Joshua. But... 
you know? Now it's one of the biggest cult classics in the world, so it was worth it in my opinion. Nelson, yeah. how do you feel? Was it worth it? <sighs> I mean, I've seen it now. And we've got a podcast that may or may not be just as poorly developed and as poor to listen to. Yeah, as as as, as poorly structured and confusing as this film. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do deaths? Yeah, let's do deaths. Let's well, then down. it's time for Death Cat! They're eating her! And then they're going to eat me! Death Time for Death Count, the segment where we uh, count how many people, things and animals died in the film that we're watching. Perfect. Really glad to hear. Almost no animal cruelty in this film that I could see. I don't think there were any animal deaths. No, no, they're not about those animal deaths because they're vegetarians. Omnivegetarians. They're omnivegetarians. Because they love eating meat mixed with tree. But don't taint that meat with meat. How many deaths we got? Not many, Nelson. Okay, so... We, from my counting, in total, and this is a bit of a spoiler, one of the only real spoilers, I counted, if you don't count all of the goblins, which I couldn't, because no one's done this before, Yep. there were five main deaths. Okay. Some of them ambiguous and off-screen, mm-hmm. and may or may not have happened. The first one, let's run it down, Fantasy Peter. Oh, the village dandy Peter. The old village dandy. So I think we have to assume the sequence counts because the way he died, the way the goblins were trying to feed him was yep. exactly the same as everything that happened throughout. Uh, in my opinion, he also wins stupidest fucking death of the film. I think the stupid thing was the fact that he drank that green gobbledygook as he was bewitched by that That's woman. right, because a woman shows up and, and, and feeds him green gobbledygook. Yes. Um, hence, forth we shall refer to it as. Uh, he drinks it, and then he starts sweating green. Yes. And then he turns into goo. So, Peter dies. So the next death, random girl running in the forest. Yes. Okay? Yes. So the th- glasses... Glasses upon. He hears a scream, and then they're like, <laughs> "Horny women in the forest." Like yeah, the let's are. get some. <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs out into the forest. Yes, she's running away from the goblins. No one knows why. Again, a beautiful woman who seems like she has better things to do than be a nilbog is there. Never explained. Yeah, she drove into the town, I guess. Yeah, his approach is to tackle her. Playfully, yeah. sexually assault her mildly. Yeah, that's right. So, so he immediately starts chasing her. Yes. Because the best thing that you can do to somebody who's running away from something is chase them. You know, yeah. just really, really eases their anxiety to know that there's another oncoming threat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. On top of the one they've already got to deal with. As they realise that there's uh, an an imminent threat, the the goblins. The first time we see the goblins in the real world. Yep. They pop out, just spooping around, not caring about much. Just standing there again. Old Glasses McGee, he gets the message. They're not a threat at all. Exactly. He's, to be fair, uh, as much as I've panned the lack of movement of the goblins, they address it here, I think, a little bit. Very well. Because uh, that's exactly how I would have responded in that situation. He just gives them a little really? talking to and tells them to rack off. Yeah. However, they do have a little bit of uh, aggression amongst them, Nelson. Yeah. Immediately spear him in the chest just the second... Yeah. He turns around. And he just starts screaming. He goes, and remember. (laughs) 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 Giving them a lecture like he's in the right after trying to sexually assault this girl. Real smug. Just the most smug. And what I don't understand is I get that they're small and, and they look very weak. Yeah. They all clearly have, like nine or ten of them have spears. Yep. You don't have spears if you're not looking to stab, Nelson. Yep, you're right. 
You're right. They got those stabby spears. And that's our new segment for the podcast starting next week. You don't have spears if you're not looking to stab, Nelson. Damn right. Stay don't tuned. Go looking, if you go looking for a fight, you're going to find one. If you <laughs> walk around with a spear, you're going to stab someone. So true to the true to the nature of these beasts, um, they just casually walk away from them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're not they're not in any rush. After all that running she's done, they're, they're tuck it out. So yeah. they, they do a slow crawl away, which again, I think is appropriate given the speed of the goblins. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like you said, glasses mcgee has them down he understands exactly what you need to do in the scenario and then they casually go to safety in this big abandoned church in the woods yep walk in the witchiest place that you could ever imagine yep the witchiest woman oh yeah definitely evil you see her she comes in hello (laughs) welcome to my home in the forest (laughs) and her eyes are bugging out her eyebrows are moving in directions i've never seen an eyebrow move so wiggly. I feel like this was the inspiration that Jim Carrey used in order to get his eyebrow comedic work in place. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, he just mastered it a little bit better. She is just chewing the scenery. So, look, I think for the most part, she's she's got good energy. She's putting in a lot more effort than mm. a lot of people in this film. Um, but insane. But I guess that's oh, yeah. kind of the character as well. There's the Goblin Queen, I think you said she was. Yeah, I'm a fan. I think she knew exactly what this movie was. I yep. think she knew that there's no way that it would be a bad performance to turn in that scene-chewing, eye-popping, just gibbledy-gobbledy performance that was, I think, one of the highlights. They're looking for help from this lovely, very friendly woman yeah too friendly mm. there's no doctors in Nilbog. no but she she pours him a delicious green drink yes now the woman yes. uh, that's with glasses knows that the goblins are trying to make her eat green stuff and have already made her eat some green stuff because she's believe. got the green sweat which she's is got the, the green sweat which is the foreshadowing is when you know they're going to turn into goo or a tree yes um and then she comes over and gives them a drink of green but she's drink. not a monster She's a human, so it's fine. Yeah, you're right. You're In right. her defense as well, the Goblin Queen being the one goblin who doesn't have the mark. She doesn't. No, you're right. She doesn't yep. have the, the, the clover The scar. old clover mole. The old bubbledy-boo. The old bibbly-bobbly-bop. So, let's cut to the chase, Nelson. She turns into goop. Yep. She gets immediately eaten by the goblins who... It's Correct. actually quite That's the young clear. lady, not Credence, the queen of the goblins, to be clear. So true. Yep. So the so random blonde lady in the forest. Yep. Bye-bye. She gets eaten. I was asking at this point, why don't the goblins give up chase? They were waiting casually while their meal was created for them. Yeah. So I think, you know, again, some credit to the writers and the director to make that scene go. Yep. Yep. Just eat that gobbledygook up yep. for the... Most famous line to occur. Correct. Nelson, I will leave it to you. Yes. What did Old Glasses McGee... Well, Glasses is frozen in place somehow. Uh, he can't move Not explained. Body. Didn't Not drink explained. anything. Credence is like, yes, you can't move. And he doesn't drink anything. Correct. We mm-hmm. never see him drink anything. Uh, and he looks up and goes, they're eating her. And then they are going to eat me. Oh, my God. Yes. And it's just, that's worth the price of admittance, in my opinion. Some would disagree. 100%. But I think in context, I feel like that's definitely worth watching this movie. Yeah, I agree. I It was nice to put a scene to that 
<laughs> yes. scene. And I think it explains exactly how that scene was there. Yep. My understanding is this was a bit of a sore point again between director and cast where he didn't want to have to linger on God so much. But as the director obviously wanted that shot into the mouth, there was no choice but to have to play that exactly as the director wanted. Of course, of course. Don't pull in the shot earlier. Yes, no. Make, make the, the extension of the God yes. last for the whole time of the shot you want 100 percent, and yeah. it's just it's literally it's got to create that tension i like to think as well yeah, yeah. so uh this kind of leads into all of the important deaths in this movie to be honest because yep. they all kind of just fall in and after the other so yeah yeah for whatever reason old tree boy uh sorry old glasses mcgee mm-hmm. we don't see it it's Seems to be tree boy he's clearly forced to eat something and he mm-hmm. turns into a tree sure does uh, really great uh, costume, I think, to be honest. Yeah, it's not bad. Really good mouthpiece, good physical horror again. Yeah, yeah. Yellow Shirt finds him later on when he's fully turned into a tree and he's got to tear off a piece of wood yes. uh, from his mouth, which is a really, really, I think, good concept. But he doesn't scream after he opens. He's uh, like, yeah. Get me out of here. Just pure monotone. He's just like, just oh, good. Lovely. Just apathy. Funny little piece of trivia. Um, they actually forced the actor to get his own shoes he brought onto set nailed into the pot. Right. In order for that scene. And he had a horrible time because he just had to stand. His legs were going numb. He couldn't feel how to do it. Yeah, and of course they didn't give him a break between shots. They would have had him standing there in every shot regardless of whether he was in the shot. Uh-huh. They're like, if we catch you in the background, you fucking stand there, there and you stand there still glasses. Even better... He was complaining consistently throughout. Of course. The director's solution, actually, we've built him a mouthpiece for later scenes. If we whack it in now, he'll shut up. (laughs) You're kidding. No, he forced him to wear that mouthpiece the whole way through. Of course. Because he was complaining so much about the horrible conditions. Yeah, right. And he's the common denominator, right? The person complaining is the common denominator in this circumstance. The film's not the problem. He is the problem. Shut him up. Thousand percent the problem. Uh, Hundred percent. Credence cuts him in half. But says it'll tickle and he laughs. <laughs> so true it does. We don't know if that actually does kill him, but no. we assume it does because a blender goes up. A nice smoothie for old yellow shirt, yeah. who um we assume is dead. also turns into drinking that and dies, but we never see him again. Yeah, unaware. that's it. We're done with yellow shirt. We've seen him sweat enough green goo. We've spent yep. about 20 minutes with him at mm-hmm. the start of the film. Like a lot of time with him. He, he leads a, a, a lot of plot in between the B plot. Yes, he's gone. gone. Maybe. Cool. Who Maybe. knows? Who knows? Maybe he comes back. Maybe he just walked off set. Yeah. You know, that's probably what happened. He probably said, you know what? I'm fucking done. Good luck. And then this they just cut over. away from it. I think we've got the main deaths out of the way. The others are going to come up throughout because yeah. I think an important thing, not a death heavy movie, which I was very surprised about. For a horror film? Does this title itself as a horror film from a genre? Most certainly does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's been forced into horror slash comedy yeah. post. Yeah. I'm sure they, I'm sure <laughs> they call it a black comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A really standout scene that, that the moves in is the village is still working strong, okay? Yeah. We've got Credence, who is doing a bang-up job taking out as many of the, the cast as possible. Yeah. But the village is still trying to maintain uh, some semblance of activity, yeah. those apathetic goblins. There's a very weird sermon that happens halfway through the movie, mm. which really questions to me what the origin of these goblins are, because... There's clearly a Christian preacher yeah. in human form yeah. 
preaching to no one but the goblins themselves who clearly must believe in this sermon. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Who are they doing it for? Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, Joshua comes in, but I don't think they actively know that Joshua's being a little peep and Tom about town. If anything, they're surprised about it because they weren't really ready to get him. No, no. And they then weren't. they just start feeding him because you see all of the the foods that they try to feed throughout. Quite elaborate, quite tasty looking, even though weirdly green. Yeah, it's all But a bit in this gooey. scene, it just turns to eat some of this ice cream. It's just a big white sloppy yeah, it's, melted it's mess. White, and then they chuck some like raisins in there or something. Yeah, and they put another white thing. It's and like, is that cream? But it's also sloppy and yeah. bumpy. And then it cuts away. And when yes. it cuts back to them feeding him, it's green. No, was it? Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. It goes from white to green. So maybe. They just didn't oh. have enough food dye and they had to do a pickup shot. Yeah, maybe. That's fascinating. There's one thing. So the, that cream, it mm-hmm. looks like the goo that they use, the green goo, yep. is the same as when they look in the fridge, there's only mouldy milk. Yeah. So it seems like they're the, the same liquid and they've just put green food dye into well, one I thought, bucket of it. I thought the riff was actually... See, I gave them too much credit once again, Nelson. Yeah. I thought the riff was that they clearly made their ice cream out of Nilbog milk, which is why it was so bad and lumpy. Yeah. But then the fact that they dyed it green later on proves that I'm giving way too much to this yeah, movie. Yeah, you're giving a lot to this <laughs> film, I think. I mean, I'm taking a lot away, but I feel like you're <laughs> really trying to keep this this standing in some sort of watchable and agreeable level, and I don't think it is. This does lead to the next scene, and the next couple of deaths, technically, which mm. do actually happen in the film, Nelson. As the family comes back, they're met with an amazing party by the goblins who, again, have put on a beautiful spread as an apology for the misunderstanding in yeah. the store. Yeah, and it's just your, your normal run-of-the-mill party, you know? Yeah. It's very cool. Everyone's having a good time. They put the family on chairs, yeah, right. sit the around them and the clap. Table, and then they just stand around them in a circle and clap saying, eat? Are they telling them to eat? Yeah, yeah. Eat, 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 eat. Just super normal party. And at this point, the family does seem to be catching on that something's a bit off. They, they, feel... they finally look uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah? Um, and Grandpa Seth kicks into overdrive. He goes insane. Because yeah. now it's time to light shit up. Yeah, I'm gonna burn this motherfucker to the ground. You thought I could only, um, I had no powers and I could only deal with reflections at this point. Right. Now I can fucking come into the world and I've got Molotovs, baby. You're damn right. This is what I do. I create Molotov cocktails. Here you go, yeah. child. My favorite. Kill in- someone. My favorite introduction to the Molotov. Again, a great line is, "We're gonna have to put the fire out pretty soon, Joshua." To which Joshua says, what fire? fire? (laughs) Whips up a Molotov. Doesn't say anything. Clearly the kid probably needs a little more. Seth, Seth, at this point, Joshua knows what a Molotov cocktail is. This seems like a very familiar (laughs) weapon to Grandpa Seth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like to think that Joshua has no idea what that is. He should explain it to Joshua, but it's better for the audience if it is that silent leave where he just says, Mmm, shit's going on. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Cutting 80s soundtrack. Now, <laughs> does Seth throw the Molotov cocktail or does he give it to Joshua and then Joshua throws it? So, there's no throwing of the Molotov cocktail because they go outside and they get ready to light the shit out of that party. Yeah. Now, the family is in the middle of this room. Don't so, worry about I it. think they're assuming that they're going to kill them Necessary all, sacrifice, sacrifice them easily. This is for the greater good. 
Second in charge goblin, the priest comes, snatches the Molotov, clearly talks... Out of Joshua's hands, yes. Right out of Joshua's hands. Then all of a sudden, making it clear that he also has powers, banishes Grandpa Seth to the netherworld. Well, he literally says, I'm banishing you back to hell. I think Seth explains it's like, no, 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 it wasn't hell. It was uh, the netherworld. <laughs> Later on. <laughs> Go back to your kingdom of shadows, old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets sent back. Yeah, so this is almost the two deaths, but I'm going to guess it's one. So he might be sent back, yeah. but probably not, because he comes right back in the final scene uh, of the movie. I mean, good riddance for the time he was gone. Uh, he needs to leave poor Joshua alone. That kid's problems is not goblins. It's a very abusive grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Coming yeah. from behind the grave. Violent, abusive, goblin-obsessed grandpa. Yeah. I mean, credit to Lane, Seth. All he talks about is goblins. It's all he talks about, <laughs> even before he knew they were going to the town, yeah, which I don't understand. At the family reunion, it's, oh, fuck, here comes a Grandpa Seth. He's going to talk about goblins. Hi, Grandpa Seth. <laughs> Those bloody goblins, I'll tell you what. Oh, my God. Everyone's past the it's point that he's family. a ghost who's come in. It's like, no, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. The goblin talk is the real problem <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're past the ghost The star. ghost thing pales in comparison. Yeah. Let him think he's dead. Yeah. It has very little impact. It's <laughs> Only we could talk about the goblin problem. Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Seth? Yeah. Has superpowers? Yes. Strikes the, the, the prince goblin with lightning. Y- that's right. Right before he goes to the lighting, kingdom of shadows. Lighting the Molotov in his hand on fire. And again, making a very strong point in this universe that it's probably better to be a ghost than it is to be a living human being. Yeah, 100%. Because he disappears. We think he's gone. Comes straight back. To be fair, with a seance by the family. Because the family now is on to it. They finally figured it out because preacher, zombie, ghost, troll... Goblin turns back and reverts into his natural form After he as he dies. The death, yeah. So the family understands what's happening. The goblins, clearly overpowering and surrounding all of them in human form, yeah. just agree that it's time to walk away and say, well, you've caught us. We're angry. We're going to go. <laughs> but we'll be back. And if you could eat some of the food in there... That'd be real helpful. We, we put so much effort into all this food for yeah. you. Why would you eat our food? But we're going to get you because you killed our boy. Oh, yeah, we're going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, movie's a real sloppy mishmash. Right? Yeah. They all stand around and then... Physically intimidate them briefly. Yeah, they slowly back away despite the fact that the family is completely surrounded by them. So Mm -hmm. they're brushing past these goblins as they're walking back slowly. Nobody grabs them. They call the Joshua who's up on the porch who's next to one of the goblins. Yes. Hold the shot. Joshua! Then he gets his cue and moves. Yeah. <laughs> There's a nice little pause there while the actor works out what he's doing. Again, probably forced by the director. That that actor probably knew exactly what to do, but was pushed back into his That's place right. by That's the director. Right. You see Reset. the back there. <laughs> it is not ready. We need but, to build the tension. But people don't move like this. No, I know how people move. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> I've been watching a people move since I was a little boy. <laughs> Uh, massive apologies for our poor Italian accents to In my our defense, Italian uh, listeners. I am emulating Mark Bernano's Italian accent, but he's Italian and he can, and I'm not allowed, so yeah, I should close apologize as well. Um, so they're slowly backing away. The goblins don't make any effort to grab them. Scene cuts. They make a threat. Scene cuts. They're in the house. Who knows why? Yep. They decide Grandpa Seth is legit. Good. So they do a seance to bring him back. That's right. Yes. Excellent. Meanwhile, After he accidentally shows himself once to Holly, the daughter, right? 
earlier on in the film, and they didn't. She was smoking dope, probably. Yeah, he does. He does say, "You smoking dope again?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't do that, Dad. (laughs) I mean, I feel like everyone should, and the movie would be better for everyone. I think I would have enjoyed this film a little bit more if I had. Yeah. Well, if it were legal in Australia, that would be great. Unfortunately, we've never smoked dope. No. Nor would we ever. Never. So the seance works. Some shit happens. I don't even want to go into it, to be honest, Nelson. No, fair. But let's run down some final deaths we didn't really touch on, because to be honest, what happens is we missed the popcorn scene, which I am affectionately calling it. They have a bit of a bish bash with the Goblin Queen. Grandpa Seth cuts off her arm. Yep. She goes back. Yep. Magics it away with the stone. Yeah, so she puts her puts her hand into a like stone doorway. A foggy screams forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and then gets her hand back. Milks it. Gets so it back. This is this and this stone is the source of the goblin power, we find out. Yes. So really interesting. Also, she clearly becomes more aged and horrific. Yeah. So loss of power. Yeah. Which doesn't matter. No. Because she immediately again draws on the stone's power to become beautiful. So it's fine. That's right. It's great for restoring limbs. Yep. And quick costume changes. Quick costume and makeup changes. I could use one of those in my room, to be honest. Yeah. Really turn that that, um, disgusting old hag into a pretty attractive middle-aged woman. Into the same woman with significantly less evil makeup on. Yes. Because she's gone into some kind of vampire mode and she's got superpowers at this point. Yeah. So she leaves... And this scene makes no sense. But I love it. To me. It's uh, my favourite scene in the film, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But all sorts of issues come around with this. So she walks to the caravan. I each and every one. Great. Uh, She goes to the caravan. By this point, I think Elliot's with the family because he's realised what's going on. He was dragged by the father. Yellow shirt and glasses both presumed dead um, or have left the film. If they're lucky. If they're lucky. And then in the uh, caravan, Boner... Um, as we've titled him, is Winnebago. Winner Winnebona. Uh, <laughs> Winnebona in the Bago. Yeah. Is watching Eating a Bagel. People dancing with weird music, which every time the TV goes on, it's like a weird dancing show. Yeah, is it other movies that the, were produced by the oh, horrible director? I would love to know if that it was. And yeah. it probably is, let's mm. be real. He thought that was really clever. Real uh, meta of him. I'm gonna create a universe <laughs> before Marvel could make the MCU, he thought. He was the original MCU, Troll C no one will he, well he didn't even know he was making an mcu style film from what you said right because it was the american uh the american um right he didn't know that he was in the troll universe yeah that's no. right that's nor right. will he admit it to this it. day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the tv channel changes suddenly yes and it's our it's old clarice what's her name cat cadence credence 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 yes and he goes oh my god are you real and she goes i'm very real and she's bandying out about a a, 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 a cob of corn good old cob of corn which is a weird strong featured piece uh, and then she, she adds walks. it into the sexy dance really awkwardly because well, the actress doesn't seem that sexy a person no and not very comfortable being sexy to no. be honest uh, and then she says come outside I'm real he goes outside to see her and then uh, a fully grown adult woman has mm. sex with a minor yes um by starting off by putting the corn in her mouth and then they both are eating the corn Which is a weird thing, but you've got to remember, she just wanted to feed this young man corn. Yeah, well, it's not even goo corn. He preferred popcorn. He does prefer popcorn. But what what do you got to do to make 
corn popcorn, Nelson. Got to turn up the heat, Michael. And then ensue, to be honest, if you're a comfortable couple, kind of an interesting, weird, sexy thing to do with corn, you know? Yeah. Little, little, um... Lady in the Tramp action yeah. with corn, yeah. a little more physical intimacy. Yeah, yeah. I'm on board. Nibbling on opposite sides. Popcorn shoots out of and everywhere. Gets so Not hot Not connected and to the corn itself. Correct. There's shoots just out everywhere. people slightly off screen dumping bu- buckets of popcorn on them. Yes. And like, makes no sense, right? No. Why? How? Because it's so hot and steamy. I reckon somebody yes. just had a joke, which was... Oh, yeah. sex scene with corn, and then it becomes popcorn because it's so hot. And then it was like, <laughs> let's put this scene in because he doesn't die. It cuts away from that scene after the popcorn drops. Right. Next, we see Credence, I believe, back in the goblin church, church? Da- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dungeon, whatever you want to call it. And we cut back to Boner, covered in popcorn, and yes. he spits out the popcorn. He goes, please, no more. You're right. I completely forgot. He, and we never do see anything again. with him. So yeah. she literally went to a house. Fucked a child. Yeah. Popped some popcorn. Got out of there. Boner's fine. We never see Boner again, but there's nothing to suggest that he's going to turn into goo or mm. a tree. He just ha- had sex with an adult. So for me personally, I've realized my role in this podcast is to defend everything. Yeah. You're right. That's all wrong. First off, why can she have the TV powers? Why is the popcorn yep. happening? Yeah, there you go. There's another rule to the goblins. They yep. can communicate through television sets. For me personally... All of it can be dissuaded by the fact that she's clearly... She's put herself into super-powered mode. Yeah. All the rules change. Uh, she's a yeah, witch at she that got point. That, she got that super-duper bloody... That's right, because she's kind of a witch as well. Exactly. Who well, she's the Goblin Queen. Ugh. They make it clear that she's special. Just pick a lane. She did, and she ran with it. But for me as well, here's what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. I accept Boner. Very confusing that he was alive. Yeah, I mean, I'm good for him. My defense... He's in the same state Glasses was in. Uh, he just can't move. She'll get him when she's ready. Just come back for him later. Fuck him a couple times, turn yeah. him into a plant. And call him the popcorn boy. Yeah. Popcorn boy. She's like, look, I've got magical powers. Popcorn I'm not particularly boy. witty. Yeah. The the stone doesn't make me wittier. No, no, I just doesn't. can turn popcorn into out corn of thin into popcorn. air. No, not even. The corn state. Yeah, corn. you're right. You're absolutely. You're popcorn absolutely out right. of thin air. Alright, let's wrap it up. I think we can wrap it up. I think we've talked about this god-awful mess long enough. Yes, yes. Um, let's spare ourselves any more of this dumpster fire. Uh, so, so the final resolution, Yeah. Also, it may seem, there may be a couple of twists coming in. Mm. The whole family, at the behest of Grandpa Seth, goes into the... And I'm going to say it with this tone, because I'm, I'm fed up with this movie at this point. I loved a lot of it's it, but I'm It's about time you got browbeaten <laughs> to, the, to, to the level that I did by yeah, this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I've dragged you down this throughout was too this far. podcast. No, it's not you. I already... Every time I watch it, I'm like, nah, this is too far. How many times have you watched it? Three to four. Jeez. I, I had to know to one. watch it. Yeah, no, you. I dislike the first, like the second, so I hope the same happens I mean, thank you. you. Uh, it goes to show how much love there is between this friendship that you'd be willing to do that for me. So thank you so much <laughs> for watching this three times so I could watch it I watched it twice once. before this happened. Don't wow. worry. Uh, I watched My choice. Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I will again. Um, All right, I'm going to review this friendship now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. This podcast, too much effort. Um, so... There's a mystical portal between the house and the goblin church. Sure is. They go into the goblin church. Uh, Little boy Joshua does. Yeah. Grandpa Seth's back and the source of their power 
is this druidic stone they don't really explain very it's, much i think it's um what's those stone structure in england yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. It's they mentioned that stonehenge they structure. specifically mentioned that's their origin so from just stonehenge so you know stonehenge is missing a piece which is uh the power stone that the goblins use to regenerate and costume change oh that's nice i didn't know that's missing a piece that's yeah. very good yeah all right i love it i'm back on baby what a good movie <laughs> oh they don't show that it's missing a piece i'm just telling the audience that in this universe there's a piece of stonehenge missing which is in the goblin church oh i just think they made like different altars throughout that uh, are connected to Stonehenge. Yeah, okay, potentially. But I thought you meant the real... Ah, oh, that would have been a great movie. Wouldn't it? Anywho, for some reason, touching the stone and thinking about it real hard kills goblins. Yeah, which Seth says to Joshua, you gotta, you, you, you've got to touch gotta the stone. Touch it. That's all he said. He didn't think. even say think about it much. Yeah. He's like, focus? Focus. On what? Yeah. No, and Joshua's okay. like, oh, I guess I have to touch the yeah. stone. And then apathetically walks over it and puts his hands on it yeah grandpa seth is doing it and then all of a sudden he's like my time's up i'm going now the yeah. seance they actually set those rules in the seance here and they had 30 minutes or something that's fine actually i take it back nice um he disappears credence comes Chroma in keyed into the scene yeah so as as, yeah. as seth's fading you can see that he's clearly no longer interacting with any of the environment as his hands float uh -huh. about 30 centimeters above the rock surface yep great Great cut. Yep. See you later. Very excited. Bye, Seth. Credence tries to grab Joshua. She's doing pretty good at overpowering him. Yeah. I'm still very sad about this. Family comes in at some point. I don't know why. All the goblins come in as well. Yep. We're all ready for our big finale. Goblins are just attacking the family as they run to the church. Yeah. Really reiterates something really important that I think we need to establish. The goblins are so fucking weak. Yeah. The father's just charging them, yeah. flipping them, yeah. smashing them into walls. Unless you're standing still <laughs> yeah. and they're holding a spear, yeah. you're pretty good. Or they use their magical powers. Oh, yeah. Or they use one of the million different magical powers that they yeah. have, depending on the circumstance and what's required for the plot. Which, you know, Grandpa Seth gets some, why not the goblins? Yeah. So, they overpower the goblins. Oh, no. This is a good scene. Okay, so the family comes in. Yeah. They're surrounded. Yeah. The goblins might actually take them out. There's all hope lost, Nelson. Oh, no. What are they going to do, Michael? Joshua. Yeah. Something that we may have seen earlier in the film, never established in the plot. Yeah. But not only are these goblins omnivegetarians. Yeah. But they're deathly afraid of meat. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. Josh knows this for yeah. reasons. Yes. I think Seth probably tells him. In his heart. And he pulls out a double stacker Bologna sandwich. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> the sandwich from the start. It was important. You didn't think it was important, you idiot. But it it's was. the most integral part of the plot. <laughs> and Nelson, that foreshadowing is why I'm back on this movie. Good movie. That was a great foreshadow. I think it's really good. <laughs> what they did the, is... The bologna sandwich is literally stacked with like 12 slices of bologna. It is a thick bologna sandwich. He's a grown boy. He needs his protein to fight off all of these goblins that are about to fight off. Yeah, so they can't eat him now because he's num, 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 ate through the bologna sandwich. And they can't even touch the family because just the aura of the bologna is so concerning oh, for them. stinky, stinky bologna. Yucko, it gives the family enough time to touch and think about the stone. All the family put their hands on mm -hmm. the stone. And the goblins just melt yeah. and disappear. 
Credence puts in a great performance once again. She does. Screaming like crazy with her crispy dry lips, um, which is actually one of the better pieces of makeup they've got when, Very when she's good. dying. Just kind of torn and cracked. Yeah, the lips. blood drip. Really yeah, good the blood gore in that really scene. Good as well. And then everyone is saved except for Elliot's boys. Yeah, Elliot's boys are gone. Yeah. But Elliot, mum, dad, Holly and Joshua live on to fight another day. And fight they might have to, Nelson, because cut to the final scene where Joshua is left alone by the daughter and the father with his mother. Yeah, so they've gotten home back to uh, Nashton. Old Nashton. Gotten the hell out of... Gotten the hell out of Nilbog. Right out of Dodge. Old Goblin backwards. Population of zero. Ooh. Yeah. So it would seem. Yeah, 26 goblins got killed in this film. We didn't mention that in Death Count! Coming back to Death Count! 26 goblins dead. Or so it would seem. So we've got a scene with Joshua and his mother in their home in Nashton, Michael. Yes. Very delighted. Very happy to be home. Just relaxing. Mama's gonna have a shower. Yeah. But... First, let's eat a nice, delicious red apple. Yeah, there's a couple of apples on the table. She picks one up, has a couple of bites. Mmm, yum, 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 yum. Yeah. Joshua goes up to his room, very happy that everything has been resolved and that he's never going to see a goblin for the rest of his days. Yeah. But. What? There's a couple of nibbling sounds in oh, the background. no. I thought we were done with this movie. Well, we are. Are we? Right after I tell you this, Joshua runs through the house, takes what seems to be like the longest route through all of the rooms. Yeah. Because that run scene's a good minute and a half. Yeah. To find his mother turned into goo. Breasts and all. Yeah. Very weirdly yeah. displayed breasts in this scene. And I think, like, yes, they've, they've, they've built, like, naked breasts into the goo, and it's, like, the only really mm. distinctual human part that's remaining. Yes. Why? Why? Well, I have Show no that idea. Show they're female, I guess, to your point about males and females reacting differently to the yeah. juice. This goo. is a female goo. This is, this is a lady goo. It's different from a man's goo. It's different. So three goblins are left alive. They look up, first time you hear a goblin talk, that animatronic mouth pops out. You want some, Joshua? Ah! End of the movie. End of the movie. So, let's talk about that for a little bit. They didn't kill them, the goblins are fine. Yeah, yeah. so we watch all of the goblins die, but yeah. there's some left over. Is mm. this... Because all throughout the film, it's slipping between Joshua going through dream states and waking states. There's like three scenes where he's in a dream and the goblins yeah. attack him. So, is this a dream? Is it just a dream? How did they get there? <laughs> Why aren't they all dead? What is... Is this a cliffhanger? Did they do a Troll 3? Well, funnily you said that, Nelson. Um, they did not. No. They actually were going to. Oh, no. So, the director, as the documentary came out in 2008, there was a lot of um, high energy around Troll 2. It was yeah. picking up in the cult circuit. The director did say that he actually wanted to create uh, Troll 3. Or no, he actually got the audience to vote on the name. And they came up with Troll 2 Part 2 was going to be the sequel with all of the returning cast coming back. And it was going to be called Troll 2 Part 2? 100%. All of the returning cast being Joshua, Holly and the father, I'm assuming. Yes, probably not the mother being a corpse, but who knows in this movie? She's, Maybe she's, she's the new good. Grandpa Seth. Oh. Huh? That would have been good. Uh, I think we should save some of this for Pitch That Sitch. <laughs> uh, no, 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 yeah. Uh, but he didn't 
make it in the end. Because funnily enough, you watch this documentary and everyone's going out to these Q&A sessions about yeah. the movie. Yeah. They bring out the director from Italy and he's very curious to see how this movie became such a phenomenon in America. And he's pretty lighthearted about it. Again, you've got that classic situation from the room where he's in his own cinema while people are laughing, a little bit confused by it. Yeah, yeah. But still reasonably good-natured. Yeah. And it seems that he's just happy to milk this and go on the circuit of Q&As for a couple of years. If he's making money from it, right, you can't blame the guy. You'd think that. However... It seems like, and I'm guessing this is why the sequel never got made, Yeah, the relationship soured towards the end when there's an audience QA with the cast members, but yeah. they've got a broader set of the cast than they usually did. Right. So normally it was just the core cast, but yeah, now they've the got... Yeah, now they've got a couple of extras, they've White's got a couple family. of the actual goblin stand-ins and things like that. Okay. And this is where they start really dogging the script in the direction. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you finally brought them all together. Yeah. <laughs> to the point that the director, not in the Q&A at this point, is heckling back at the cast, calling oh, them liars and dogs no. until he's kicked out of the venue. Of course he is. And my guess, Respect so the is his choice that that sequel is going to continue. Yeah, fair. Yeah, fuck all them. They're the problem. Yeah. Jerks, they don't understand my vision. Dear, oh dear. So that wraps up Troll 2. Michael, what did you think? Look, you know what I think. I think... I think we made it very clear how we feel about this on this one. Yeah, I think, to be honest, um, it's trash. It's really bad. It's trash. It's, it's not a good movie, but I loved every moment of it. I probably will watch it again, and I think Nelson will like it when he watches it a second time. It's an hour and a half, and it feels like three. Uh, look, mm -hmm. there's some funny stuff in here, Uh huh. but it's just... It's, it's. I just got so frustrated by the film. Mm. I got so frustrated by the rules. I was so confused, Michael. I didn't. I didn't go in with the context that, that of of all this stuff that happens behind the scenes. So I didn't the first time. I was hoping that I was along for the ride, and the ride was bumpy <laughs> and confusing and made me feel queasy for mm, most of it. Just like this podcast. Just like this podcast. All right. So that ends Troll Two. Which is going to take us to our favourite segment, Nelson. Everybody's favourite segment, mm -hmm. I think, Michael. One we do every single two weeks we've done this. It's consistent. Pitch that sequel. The segment where me and Michael pitch each other sequels or potential sequels to the films that we're looking at. Michael. All right, Nelson, yeah. Pitch I'll, me that sitch. I'll lead, us, I'll lead us on this one. So, Nelson, picture this. In the spirit of Troll 2, yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to put you into a world oh. that has vague similarities to this world, but has absolutely nothing to do with it. Right, so you're going for a, a spin-off kind of sequel again. Yeah, so basically it's essentially called Troll 3. It's a decade, two, three decades, we're old Nelson. It's three decades in the future. Yeah, okay, so set in 2021. Yeah, so based on circa, you know, 2021, essentially what we're going to do is we're just going to rename it. It's going to be Trolls World or something dumb like oh, that, Oh, yeah, right? okay. Yeah? So, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of make people think, just trick them into the idea that it's probably about the much more beloved Trolls dolls getting yeah. a 3D animated yeah. movie. Because they're coming out at the moment. They're very popular with the kiddies. Exactly. So picture this. 500 years in the past, Nelson, there's an evil witch oh. killing townsfolk. Okay. Now, is this Credence? 
No. Oh, different witch. Just a different witch entirely. Is, she, is this a witch witch or a goblin witch? Which well, witch is which? Not a witch witch. It's not a goblin witch. It's actually a troll witch. What? 100%. So... You're, so you're telling me that it's a, a film titled mm-hmm. Troll. Uh-huh. Troll 2? Are you calling this Troll 2 again? Troll's World. Troll's World, sorry. Yep. Has a troll in it? It's got a troll. And it's this troll... nothing like Troll 2. Zero like it. But, you know, in the spirit of the original Troll 2, what we're doing is we're getting a property that's so loosely tied and tacking on a name that may connect to an audience that had vague appreciation for something that happened earlier and was mildly successful. Gotcha. So when this sequel spin-off is made, yes. it's not actually related to this film. It's all done similar to Troll 2 in marketing and post. Exactly. And there's there's actual trolls. This witch gets turned into stone. She has a magic book even, so magic is far more clearly defined. Good. It's much closer to the Catholicism version of magic as well. Okay. There's books... Someone accidentally unearths this witch. Yeah. All the way back in 2022 or 21, as it were. Yeah. Because, you know, industrialization, commercialization of property. There's a landowner who's doing a dirty land land grab, tries to build a high rise on the grave and unearths this troll witch. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So cut to this horrible scene where she comes back, but she's not powerful enough. And she starts completely stealing the identities and bodies of actual people. She's a shapeshifter. She's not a shapeshifter. She literally possesses now. They can possess ah, in this one. Nelson. Okay, so she leaves her old troll witch body behind and yep. goes into new fresh hosts. Yeah, new fresh meat. Yeah. And the whole film is this amazing CGI fest. Just battles between the witch and other magic users who happen to be in the world. Okay. Who have poor lore describing them. Good. And to tie it all back in, we have a lovely cameo from George Hardy himself, the father from Troll 2. Wow, okay. What's he doing there? He's just kind of around and upset that there's a troll in the world. Okay. Does he... But his character is definitely named Michael Waits. Okay, so this is the only tie back to Troll 2. Direct tie back. How do you like my sequel? I think Mm -hmm. it is confusing. Yes. Um, I think it is unrelated. Uh Uh-huh. And I think it's probably the perfect sequel for Troll 2. (laughs) Well, that would make the production company very happy because I just quoted you, Nelson, a movie that did actually come out in 2020. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. No. Troll's World. Look it up, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? 100%. They're actually trolls now. There's a completely different law. George Hardy reprises his role as Michael Waits. (laughs) I'm actually losing it. What? What? Oh my god. And and it's just serious. It's got trolls in it. Yeah, she's a troll. What? Not a goblin at all. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you said just before there wasn't a sequel. Yeah, well well hidden. I said that sequel wasn't made. I was very careful. In. Same yeah. to me. Wow. Has nothing to do with the original production no. company or original director. Is it like... But they got the director's sign off to allow the character of George Hardy... Sorry, Michael Waits' character to be in it. 
Wow. 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 They look different. CGI troll looks very much like a troll. Yeah. It does a little bit. You could almost say it looks like what they would have designed in 1990 with the technology. Yeah. But much bumpier, much more based in troll mythology being yep. stone. Yeah, okay. So they're they're more accurate to one source of mythology rather than taking 17 different sources and jamming them into a tr- goblin. Well, I mean, remains to be seen. I will never watch the movie, Nelson. Uh, I kind of <laughs> want to watch that movie now. You've, 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 I've, got a, I've got a morbid curiosity about how that works. Just as you think you're out of the troll oh, too. Yeah. You, I reel you back, back in. in. You've sucked <laughs> me back in. Um, it's, a, it's a good sequel, a real sequel, incidentally. Yeah. Um, and one, you know what, Michael? <sighs> Say yeah, it. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll let's do it, it together, I'll, I'll boy. It. Yeah, let's come back and let's do <laughs> Troll World. We've got Tremors 2 and Troll World to do yet. Michael, uh, I went with uh, a different mm-hmm. uh, sequel. Incidentally, I made mine up. Um, oh. You lazy fuck! No, I'm kidding. That was <laughs> wonderful. That was really well, really well, uh, <laughs> really well, Lane. Uh, so my sequel is a direct sequel. Okay. So it literally picks up at the end of Troll Two, as it seems like the director potentially intended it, with the cliffhanger. It seems like that. So the cuts back to mm-hmm. where the trolls are. Oh, sorry, goblins. Fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, We're back in the real eating troll the, Eating the universe. mother. And he asks, he asks, he goes, do you want some, Joshua? Mm-hmm. Joshua then sighs and crosses his arms. The mm-hmm. goblins continue to feed on the goo of his mother. Yeah, passively as they do. Joshua goes, what should I do? <laughs> then there's a still shot and he walks six concentric circles around the <laughs> okay. goblins while he's... Does Grandpa Seth freeze them or are they just eating Grandpa Seth's not there. Grandpa Seth's not there. This is just straight off the back of the film. Okay. He goes, Well, if you can't beat them, join them. And then he starts eating the green goo. Right. Right. Uh, And then his father comes in. Mm. He goes, Joshua, stop eating your mother. No reason he should think it's the mother, but, you know, for the purposes of keeping the script consistently shit yeah uh he just knows that it's the mother of course uh and then gets immediately speared by the trolls oh dies beautiful because those spears don't do much damage no i'm imagining a lot of them go into it nicks him on in in the carotid artery in the neck just gets it bleeds out yeah so now joshua as indecisive as he is now has absolutely no parental figures Uh uh-huh right so the goblins go, come back to Nilbog with us. And he goes back to Nilbog. Mm-hmm. My sequel is called, not Troll 3. Right. It's called Joshua 2, Rise of the Mayor of Nilbog. <laughs> Wait, so he eats the mum? Yeah. Oh, and that turns him into a troll or no. goblin? No. It's just him. No, he's still just Joshua. Throughout this, this throughout this film, <laughs> he's he just seems you know generally apathetic and upset about everything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. with absolutely no direction, as we've seen in the film, Seth's a very important person in his mm. life for telling him what to do. As is his parents, he's got no direction, so he just kind of leans back into this role that he's assigned by the goblins yeah. and becomes the mayor of 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 uh, of uh, Nilbog. And then people come to the town, uh-huh. and he kind of goes. And they're like, hey, can you uh, show us around? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Come on. Now they've got a human who's, who's helping because That's he right. looks He's feeding more human. Them. He's feeding them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Seth. Uh-huh. We, we, uh, we see uh, Joshua sitting on his throne and then a camera mm-hmm. pans down through the ground. Fire. 
and there we see significantly larger budget this movie apparently uh well no it's all badly done it's okay like it's just crepe paper well like kind orange of, they, and they red. just they the, the camera pans down to the floorboards and then it cuts to a shot of a fireplace and then it pulls out from the fireplace and then it's all just chroma key green screen really poorly uh blue outlines around everyone yeah, who's perfect. In the scene. okay okay and there we see in the depths of hell seth Mm. The grandfather, so he he's, he can see what's happening from hell. Okay, that Joshua has become the mayor of Nilbog I love and is it. now helping the, the 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 goblins. Yes, he's furious. He's absolutely furious. From the depths of hell, you hear a scream, Aah! and Joshua can hear it. He he knows it's Seth, and uh, with that scream, Seth blows back into our plane of existence. Ooh. Now, what ensues is what we think is Seth trying to bring joshua back to the to, to the right side of things make him see the light and tell him hey i'll tell you what to do now so the you don't I'll have to listen figure. to the goblins yeah yep. I'll, I'll be the person who tells you where to stand because clearly you indecisive <laughs> little shit you can't do anything yourself okay um so the whole time he's trying to feed joshua back in and joshua's just kind of he's just unsure about the whole thing he's like i don't know <laughs> um but what it turns out is the goblins are actually an absolute necessary part of the Earth's ecosystem. Oh. Specifically population control. So. They're bad at it. Well, they it's all they need. In this world, there's, yeah. you know, 70 what? towns of 26 people. It's all small towns. There's yeah. no cities. Well, we didn't realise that that was the exchange was from another small town of 26 people. That's why they didn't That's immediately right. figure out it was a bad... They just don't mention that mm. it's a small town. But assume that they, these are all small towns, okay. right? So they're on integral in population control on, on, on the planet. Yep. Seth, actually from hell, he's we find out he's the bad guy. Right. So what he's, what he's trying to do is destroy the planet with overpopulation by killing off the goblins, stopping that cycle. Ooh. And then that rises the opportunity for hell to then rise up to the surface and take over the world. Hey. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I would clap, but I'm holding a microphone. Yeah, good. But just know. So, at the end of the film. Okay. Right? So, there's a final showdown between Seth and Joshua. Yes. And, uh, and uh, one of the goblins spears Seth, but it goes straight through him. Ooh, because right. he's a ghost still. Right. He's a ghost still. He's a yep. ghost still. Um, and then Seth mm. strikes them all with lightning instantaneously. All the goblins, except for one, are oh. dead. And the convergence between hell and earth starts. Okay. Fortunately, mm. Joshua man- manages to remember okay. the seance okay. skills from the first film and manages to sure. send his one grandfather... Man seance now. Back to hell. No, one man and a goblin. So the goblin helps him, I guess. Okay. Uh, and sends him back to hell. Yep. So then uh, Joshua and mm-hmm. the goblin go back to the house. Oh, no. Bloody. What's in the house? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Uh, and that leaves <laughs> so that leaves it open for Joshua 3, the f- rise and fall of the mayor of Nilbog. <laughs> very nice. I like it. I Thank feel you. like... I love it, but I don't think there's a movie in that. What I what I hear from that pitch, um, mostly because I tuned out after the first thirty seconds, is I hear a really good commercial. Yeah. Not a movie. Okay. Yeah. So, starts out exactly like you said. Cuts in, they're eating Joshua's mother. Yeah. And then writers, he gives in and says, "Well, if you can't beat them, join them." Yeah. He takes a big cold glass. Yeah. Sips down the green goo. Glob, glob, glob. 
And then he says, mmm, refreshing. And then he puts down the glass, yeah. and then it cuts to a Pepsi logo. New Pepsi Green, <laughs> get you some goo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd sell a product. Yeah, I, green I goo Pepsi, get it in ya with all the power of chlorophyll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feel sorry, kids, drink it. <laughs> you won't fall asleep, I promise. <laughs> all right, I love it, Nelson. I think that's a great pitch. Thank you. I prefer your pitched movie to the actual sequel that I explained to you is actually in reality something that exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. That wraps us up for this week. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for all your prep work on Thanks, this Nelson. one. Came to not. If you like this, uh, share us around. Put us on the social medias. Tell your friends. We could really, really use it. One day we hope that somebody's actually going to hear this podcast. Yeah, it's going to be hard because we're actually going to keep it on a hard drive and never release it to the internet. Yeah, but we're going to listen to it ourselves. Uh, we'll be back all along. next week to celebrate the release of Grand Theft Auto Remastered on the 11th of November. Michael, Ooh. we're going to be doing GTA 2. The game? No. The movie. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Doesn't it? Does it? Does it? Oh, I'm excited. We're going to be doing the GTA 1998 movie, which was commercially panned. I don't know if I can locate that one. So failing oh. to do that, Michael, we'll be doing Game Changers with Daniel Radcliffe, which is another critically panned film, including by the creators of Rockstar. It's a biopic oh. about the creation of Rockstar and GTA. Apparently, it is not a realistic representation of how it went down. No crunch in that movie, I imagine. No crunch in that bunch. So we'll be back next week with, depending on what I find on the internet, GTA <laughs> 2, the movie from 1998, or Game Changers from, I believe it was 2018, starring Dad Daniel Radcliffe. Not to be confused with the similarly released Game Changers, a documentary about veganism in high-performance athletes at about a similar time, 2017, I believe. Well, there you go yeah we won't be looking at that one <laughs> uh wrong kind of content for us guys once again thank you for listening we love you touch your butts tap your head and poke your eyes with one of your fingers we'll see you next week eat that green gobbledygook girls and gals <laughs>